السلام عليكم ورحمه الله الحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله Okay, brothers and sisters, we are now going to start the uh, next lecture, inshallah ta'ala, um, Trials After Death, as you know. I'd like to uh, in briefly introduce to you uh, one of the most special teachers in my life, uh, Sheikh Suhaib Hassan. Uh, inshallah ta'ala, he has been uh, my advisor, guide, teacher, a, a paternal type figure, and, and, and of course, with very patient, you know, a lot of patience is put up with a lot of my naughtiness and wickedness and badness. So he's a very special person to me. I know him before I had a beard. When I was 20, 20, 20, 20 years old, university, one of our first speakers and so forth. And Sheikh Suhaib Hassan, alhamdulillah, is of course uh, one of the uh, primary uh, personalities in the Sharia Council. Normally, when I get uh, requests for um, solutions to marriage problems, divorce problems, so on, I have to only refer them to Sheikh Sahib. So already has that much pile of stuff to attend to, then I add to his pile, so then people come back and say, well, Sheikh Sahib never responded. And I say, well, you know, he's busy, and I added his pile, and now you want him to respond double quick. So I, <laughs> you know, I add to his problem, and he always takes away from my problem, alhamdulillah. So Sheikh Sahib Hassan will talk about uh, life after, uh, not life, but the, the, the trials after death, focusing primarily on the questioning that takes place how the, 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 about the soul and how it exits the body and, and stuff like that. We hope, inshallah, you pay enough attention because sometimes we find from our experience so far that brothers and sisters tend to have an extra special regard or reverence for people who are from abroad and very often neglect the resources available at home and people who have knowledge and experience, they are sometimes, sometimes sidelined and bypassed because they don't carry the so-called charisma of being from abroad and carrying titles and so forth. So that's how I'd like to introduce him, because I don't want to talk about his qualifications and titles and stuff, but as a person, I, I, I think, to my knowledge, to my understanding, that Sheikh Suhaib should be given the utmost priority when it comes to religious affairs and questions, at least in the UK. May Allah reward you all. Anyhow, you did not... Uh uh, bother about this aspect because I'm just coming from America, just three toes down. <laughs> and uh, this is not the first time in this year, this is the third time I'm coming back. So you can expect whether I'm living in London or living in America. Inna alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu. ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد 
فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ الْكَلَامِ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ وَخَيْرَ الْهَدْيِ هَدْيُ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَشَرَّ الْأُمُورِ مُحْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلُّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٌ وَكُلُّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٌ وَكُلُّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ السَّمِيعِ الْعَلِيمِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ فَلَوْلَا إِذَا بَلَغَتِ الْحُلْقُومَ وَأَنْتُمْ حِينَئِذٍ تَنْظُرُونَ وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْكُمْ وَلَكِنْ لَا تُبْصِرُونَ فَلَوْلَا إِن كُنْتُمْ غَيْرَ مَدِينِينَ تَرْجِعُونَهَا إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ فَأَمَّا إِن كَانَ مِنَ الْمُقَرَّبِينَ فَرَوْحٌ وَرَيْحَانٌ وَجَنَّةُ نَعِيمٍ وَأَمَّا إِن كَانَ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ الْيَمِينِ فَسَلَامٌ لَكَ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ الْيَمِينِ وَأَمَّا إِن كَانَ مِنَ الْمُكَذِّبِينَ الضَّالِّينَ فَنُزُلٌ مِنْ حَمِيمٍ وَتَصْلِيَةُ جَحِيمٍ إِنَّ هَذَا لَهُوَ حَقُّ الْيَقِينِ فَسَبِّحْ بِاسْمِ رَبِّكَ الْعَظِيمِ الله أكبر my dear brothers sisters in islam that is uh, the last passage of surah al-waqi'ah in the beginning of this surah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned the end of the universe idha waqa'at al-waqi'ah laysa li waqa'atiha kadhibah khafidatur rafi'ah idha rujjat al-ardu rajja wa bussat al-jibal bassa fa kanat haba'an munbassa وكنتم ازواجا ثلاثه فاصحاب الميمنه ما اصحاب الميمنه واصحاب المشامه ما اصحاب المشامه والسابقون السابقون اولئك المقربون في جنات النعيم ثله من الاولين وقليل من الاخرين that is the end of the universe when all the people would be divided into three groups and in the end of surah al-waqi'ah that is the end of every person falawla iza balaghat al-hulqum when the soul is going to reach the throat wa antum hinaizin tanzurun and you around him you see the person dying and we are very close to you but you can't see that and if you think that you are not slave to anyone you are the masters of your destiny then try to bring this soul back and you are not able to do that in this speech we want to discuss about the journey of the soul as we know that the word soul and nafs have been used in the quran but they are just like the word bir and taqwa like iman and islam idha ijtama'a tafarraqa wa idha tafarraqa ijtama'a aw ittahada when these two words like iman and islam if they are in the same text then the, the meanings are slightly different 
but they are if they are in different texts then they are same they are synonyms same way is bir and taqwa similarly the word ruh and nafs if they are mentioned separately then the ruh is the soul and nafs is the soul but if they are in the same text then there is a slight difference because soul has been created by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even before our birth when the soul joins the embryo in the womb of the mother then it attains the word of nafs then it becomes nafs and this is why when the soul leaves that body that is known as death and this is why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said kullu nafsin dha'iqatul maut every nafs is going to taste death because uh, death is created and the life is created and the, and the soul is created both are created things by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala walladhi khalaqal mauta wal hayat liyabluwakum ayyukum ahsan amala he has created the death and the life death here means the state of the soul without body and hayat here means the state of the soul with the body and again the death comes when the soul leaves the body this what we mean by these two terms allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned death as one of the greatest affliction wa asabatkum musibatul maut the word musibah is used for maut for the death and when the musibah of maut the affliction of death has touched you so it is a a great musibah and this is why it is not allowed for a muslim to wish for death because of uh, all the worries of this world he said oh let me die no the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam prohibited wishing for death if you are forced into this situation if you really want death then just say that oh allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allahumma ahyini ma kanat alhayatu khayran li wa tawaffani ma kanat alwafatu khayran li Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let me live as long as the life is good for me let me die if the death is good for me that is the way we are told to say that because uh, the relation of the soul with the body differs it differs at the sleep from that when you are awake it differs when you are uh, when you are healthy and sound then when you are sick and ill so it fluctuates it varies and uh, we may deal later about the sleep itself because the sleep itself is al-mautul asghar it is a tiny death because during the sleep you taste so many things which are very similar to death itself we can take it later but the first about the death itself the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the hadith of burayda has said al-mu'min yamutu bi'araq al-jamin bi'araq al-jabin a believer dies with sweating on his forehead 
And what does it mean? As it is, uh, the translation or the explanation is given by Abdullah ibn Masood, that if there are some sins are left on that person, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, tries him, that is, the, that is the last trial for this person, and he is going to receive or feel some pain, and that is the token of that pain, which is reflected in sweating on the forehead. The Prophet wasallam, when he was about to die, he got a utensil full of water beside him. He used to dip his hand into that utensil, and then he is rubbing his face with his, uh, he is rubbing his wet hand on his face. And then he's saying, Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, keep me from sakaratul maut, from the last moments of the death. Even the Prophet felt it. And as for the Prophet is concerned, it means Rafud Darajat, because he got no sins at all. That is the raisings of the ranks of the Prophet. This is why uh, it happened. And it also happened to show the people that if the Prophet ﷺ, who was the most noblest person on the surface of this world, of this earth, could face this thing, then what about you? What about me? What about every person? So, there are sakarat, the anguish, the agony of deaths, which comes uh, prior to deaths. But anyhow, there are some good impressions as well and that is for a believer another thing which the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said in the hadith of jabir la yamutanna ahadukum wa huwa yuhsinu dhanna billah no one should die but he should have a good hope dhan a good hope in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which means Raja in the maut will hope in hayat. Salaf, they used to say in the life, frighten the person, frighten the person. Tell him that if you don't do this, don't do that, this is what is going to happen to you. But when he is about to die, then give him good news that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ghafoor, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Rahim. So, in this way, when he is dying, he would have uh, uh, some good feelings about about his end. And then, according to the hadith of Abu Sa'id in Al-Khudri, the Prophet said, لَقِّنُوا مَوْتَاكُمْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Teach or dictate upon the people dying the saying of La ilaha illallah. Because the Prophet also said, مَنْ كَانَ آخِرُ كَلَامِهِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ the person whose last saying is found to be La ilaha illallah, he would enter into a jannah. Is it very simple? You can say, oh, if uh, it is so simple, then at the time of death, one is going to say La ilaha illallah and straight away into a jannah. No, that is not the case. Who can say La ilaha illallah at the time of death? Who can say that? The person who has lived La ilaha illallah throughout his life, he would be able to say La ilaha illallah at the time of death. Unlike a person who did not believe 
in the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who got no trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who was totally attached to this worldly life, it would become very difficult for him to say la ilaha illallah at his last moment. As uh, some cases are mentioned in some books for a person, about a person in Ahwaz. Qurtubi has mentioned it in Ahwaz, which is uh, in Persia. Because this person was always uh, busy with his trade and merchandise. So people are saying to him, say la ilaha illallah, qul la ilaha illallah. And he say, and he's saying, deh, yazdeh, duazdeh. Persian words, huh? 10, 12, 10, 12, 10, 11, 12. This is what he was saying. Because at that time, still he was thinking about his trait. So your last words would be according to your behavior. In the same way, a person who was uh, in an auctioneer, and people were saying to him, say, la ilaha illallah, and he was saying, three and a half, four and a half, five and a half, six and a half. This is what he was saying at the last moment. So it means that it is not so simple to say, la ilaha illallah, until and unless you have been practicing it throughout your life. And a person should always take refuge in Allah SWT from a bad end, which is known as su'ul khatimah. A person uh, meets a very bad end. But why? Why he meets a bad end? That is, that only happens to such a person who got uh, something in his mind, Fasad fil aql. His aql, his intellect is, is affected by some uh, alien thoughts, by alien philosophies. So he is no more uh, online in Islam. Or he was persisting upon major sins, always saying that I am going to repent, but he did not repent. He may be saying by his tongue, Tubtu ilayk, Tubtu ilayk, Tubtu ilayk, but he keeps on doing the sin. That is not tawbah. As Imam Hassan al-Basri has said, Hazihi tawbatul kathabeen. This is the tawbah of the liars. That they keep on saying, I am going to leave the sin, but they don't leave it. They just say by tongue. And in the same way, the person who is very, very bold in committing sins, that person may end up in a very bad way. But anyhow, every person should take shelter of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from this su'ul khatim. Last year we were in a, in a course uh, in France and uh, where I met one of my old friends from uh, Malacca, an imam, and he told me this story. He was telling that uh, there is a very, you can say, a tourist place in, in Morocco. It is just a valley where uh, a small canal or small river flows with water. Around it are gardens, a very beautiful place. And uh, because the tourists are coming to that area, this is why you got so many shops there on the both banks of that river or that canal, you can say. Now he was talking about a certain person whose wife said to him that, uh, I'm going to meet my family. So he said, all right, you can go. And she left. 
and she left and then he got no news of her. He contacted uh, her family in that town where she went, but they said she did not come here. Where is she? She has traveled. She has left the house and she has traveled, but she is not found anywhere. Now what happened? That there were so many tourists in that area, in that valley. One night and uh, some of them in their hotels, in their apartments. When, because of rain, the water levels started rising. And that, was, that happened in night time. Nobody knew about that. And it was so sudden that within hours the water uh, reached the shops. And it entered the shops and the apartments. Some people, they have uh, closed their, their doors, they, they drew their shutters down of the shops, but it did not benefit because water has already reached these heights. Some people, they climbed the trees at night time. And this is how the water has reached everywhere. So many people died. So many people were drowned and died. This person who was looking for his wife, he said, let me go and see there. So he came to that site that uh, was the next morning after this flooding. And when he was looking at the bodies, the dead bodies, piled up on the bank of that river when the water has receded. And then, all of a sudden, he found the body of his wife with another person beside, beside her. Both of them were dead. They were just together, or in a very shameful manner as well. That person saw his wife, he spat on her face, and he went away. He did not care for her burial, for anything, he just spat, and then he went away. This woman did not fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And she did not know that how the death is going to meet her. And meet her in, in such a position when she was caught with her lover, leaving her husband behind. She could have said, I, I would make tawbah, I would uh, say tawbah later. But Allah subhanahu wa did not give time for that tawbah. So this is why if a person is going to do tawbah, he should do it. As Allah said, وَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَحُولُ بَيْنَ الْمَرْءِ وَقَلْبِهِ Allah SWT can create a barrier between a person and his heart. He wants to do tawbah, but he got no time. And this is why, as, uh, as Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha reported, the Prophet used to say a lot, يَا مُقَلِّبَ الْقُلُوبِ يَا مُقَلِّبَ الْقُلُوبِ سَبِّتْ قَلْبِي عَلَى دِينِكِ Oh, the one who turns the hearts, make firm my heart upon your religion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends to you so many messengers, so many messengers before death. Who are these messengers reminding you of death? They are the sickness. They are the gray hairs. They are the worries. Sometimes you are affected in your sighting in your hearing. All these things are indications by Allah SWT that you are approaching your end. So, come back to Allah. These gray hairs, 
which appears after after you are 40 that is a nadir wa ja'akum an nadir that is a warning which has come to you and then the person uh, who is given a life of 60 years 70 years what excuse he got no excuse he got at all as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said awalam nu'ammirkum ma yatadhakkaru fihi min mudhakkir ma yatadhakkaru fihi man tadhakkar wa ja'akum an nadir did we not give you a life in which a person who wants to receive admonition he could have received admonition and you got a warner now when a person is about to die there are some good signs if he was a believer and uh, he always believed in the promises of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said about them alladhina tatawaffahum al-malaikatu tayyibin yaquluna salamun alaykum those people the angels come to take their souls and at that time you know, they are very good looking very good looking angels and they are saying salamun alaykum peace be upon you you see a dying person smiling why he is smiling because he sees at that time some creatures you don't see them and they they are the angels coming from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a very good attire with very pleasing faces and this is why the person smiles unlike the other person who seems to be very frightened he may be pointing with his hand towards someone he wants to defend himself he can't defend himself because he sees something very very frightening at that time and this is why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about the kafir about the non believer at the time of death hatta idha jaa ahaduhum almaut qala rabbi irji'uni la'alli a'malu salihan fi ma tarak kalla innaha kalimatun huwa qailuha wa min wara'ihim barzakhun ila yawmi yub'athun the person the kafir person when he is about to die and when he sees the signs this frightening signs of death he says to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala oh allah subhanahu wa ta'ala oh allah send me back rabbi rji'uni la'alli a'malu salihan fi ma tarak now i am going to do good i will be a very good person the most obedient person and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would said no this is just a saying which is coming out of your mouth now wa min wara'ihim barzakh ila yawmi yub'athun behind them is a period known as barzakh a barrier a barrier between deaths and the hereafter till the day they are going to be resurrected why we are commanded to hasten to bury the person as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that if it is the janazah if it is the body of good person this janazah is saying that qaddimuni qaddimuni hurry up with me hurry up with me let me go to my grave because it is waiting for lot of pleasure and comfort and if it is a bad soul it says ya wailaha aina tazhabuna bi wo to me where are you taking me where am i going 
because it sees the bad end which is waiting that person. My dear brothers and sisters, the grave is the first stage of Al-Akhirah. Al-Qabr, Al-Qabr, awwalu manazil Al-Akhirah. And it is a very terrible sight. Sayyidina Osman used to stand and, uh, on a grave and, and cries and cries. And he quoted the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa مَا رَأَيْتُ مَنْذَرًا قَطْ وَالْقَبْرُ أَفْضَوْ مِنْهُ I have not seen any terrible sight more than the grave itself. And as uh, we understand from the hadith of Al-Bara ibn Azib, and that is when the Prophet ﷺ was sitting in a cemetery in a graveyard, and uh, they have just finished the burial. And when, he's, when he reported or described how a believer and a non-believer or a kafir receives his deaths, if that is a believer, al-mu'min, then he sees two angels coming with very good-looking faces, with good handkerchief in their hands, with very good smell in it, and they sit very near to this person. And then the death angels come, and uh, he says to this person, Oh, believing soul, bring out your soul to me, to the player of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what pleases him. And then he takes out his soul from the body very gently. And then he has given the example how gentle it is like the water dripping out from a leather water container. We don't have now a leather water container, but it used to be in olden times. And uh, in subcontinent they know that the person who brings that water is known as Sakka. And then he got his uh, leather water container on his back because there was no tap water at home. So he, he, he brings that water and then he drifts it into your containers. So, when the water comes out of the water container, and few drops are left, he excuses them. He excuses them like this, until the last drops come out from that water container. And this is how this angel is taking out the soul from uh, the body of that person that this person does not feel about it. And then as soon as he takes that, that soul, it was not left with him by these two angels. They take that soul, put it in that perfumed handkerchief, and then they go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They pass through the, through the heavens, and with such a good smell, all the creatures in the heavens are asking, who is that person who got such a good smell? 
and they, to- they-, they tell them he is Fula ibn Fula. His name with his father's name. Until the soul is presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this is my abd. This is my obedient abd. Abd. Place it into a place which is very high and that is Illiyin. Inna kitab al-abrari lafi Illiyin. Wa ma adraka ma Illiyun. Kitabun marfum. Yashhaduhu al-muqarrabun. Place it in a very high place which is known as Illiyin. But before that, go back to its body and return that soul to its body for the questioning. And this is the questioning of the grave, of the trial of the grave. And it is returned to the grave itself, to, to the body itself. And then in the grave these two angels named Munkar and Nakir, they appear. And then they ask him these three questions. Man Rabbuka, who is your Lord? Ma Dinuka, what is your deen? Ma Dataqul Fihada Rajul Alladi Bu'isafikum. What do you say about this man who was sent among you, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? That is the questioning of the grave. How to answer these questions? Can you have a written sheet of paper with you, with the answers written upon it, as some students do in the, in the, at the, examin, in the examination hall? Nowadays they have devised so many new things to, to answer the questions because uh, they got very tiny type of uh, uh, devices just like a watch. Uh, it is a computerized watch and all the answers are the expected questions are answers are written there. Can you do that? No. There is only one way to answer these questions. And that is understood by your experience during the sleep. When you are, when you are asleep you got dreams. And as you know that some dreams are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are true dreams. Some dreams are from Satan to frighten you. They are from Satan whenever you see these dreams. You say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. And then you blow three times on your left, because normally you would be lying on your left, saying, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. And then turn to the right, and don't tell this dream to anybody, they are not going to harm you. You will not be harmed by this dream. And some dreams, which is a reflection of your own life. So you experience them throughout your life. All the time you are seeing some dreams. Some good dreams which are coming from Allah SWT. Asdaqukum ru'ya, asdaqukum haditha. The one who is the most truest among you in his saying, he is truest among you in his dreams as well. Be a true person, your dreams would be true. And according to the explanation which is given by Sayyidina Ali, radiallahu ta'ala an, to Sayyidina Umar, radiallahu ta'ala an, he asked him that how is the explanation of a true dream and a bad dream? And he said, 
when the soul leaves the body during the sleep and if it does not wake up until it comes to the arsh then his dreams are going to be true and if it wakes up just before reaching al arsh throne then many things could be introduced to that soul by 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 satans by others so it becomes a false dream or a bad dream the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam before the advent of uhud or the battle of uhud he has seen a dream that some cows are slaughtered and his sword's teeth some of the teeth of his sword were broken and then he got shelter in, into a very protected in a very strong shield and this what happened in the battle of uhud some cows were slaughtered it means some of his uh, companions are going to be slaughtered to be killed as you know that 70 of the sahaba they were killed in the battle of of uhud and this uh, what uh, what happened to his sword some of his very close relative is going to die as well and that was his uncle hamza and then he took shelter into a very solid shield and that was al madina he came back and he fo- he was fortified in al madina the dreams always come in sign language mostly sometimes sometimes they are very clear if you see a person uh, you know him and uh, he is saying something to you can he say some a lie to you no he may be a liar in this life but he can't lie after death so if a person has died and he appears to you in your dream and says to you something that would be right like what happened as we read in the books of sirah to umair ibn wahab his father died and the person became muslim and he saw in his dream his father telling him dig that place a certain place dig that place and uh, there is something for you and umair ibn wahab dug that place and he found there 10000 dirham and also some gold and silver the father has uh, hidden this gold and silver and this uh, dirham there and he did not make any wasiyah and umair saw him in his dream and this is how he found it that could happen if someone whom you know appears to you but normally it is a sign language it is a sign language uh i may recall here uh, what happened to me when i was uh, leaving east africa nairobi that was in 1976 uh, alhamdulillah it was uh, something which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to convey to me and it happened because i i uh, nairobi is a very fine place so if there is any person from nairobi he should rejoice that i can say that uh, if there is a jannah or something any very very pleasant very good as far as weather is concerned that is uh, is nairobi kenya very pleasant weather because it is on the equator and because of equator you must have very hot weather 
But what happened? It is 5,000 feet above the sea level. So this is how it has been balanced. So weather is always good. You don't, uh, it's not, uh, no winter, no summer. It is always spring. So it is a very good place and nobody wants to leave that place. But anyhow, I have a big encounter with the people of Bidah, with the people of Bidah. Uh, just, just remember this word, people of Bidah, not people of Salaf, huh? uh, just people of Bidah. Very big encounter with them. And uh, they wanted to drag me, I wanted to drag them. Huh? So anyhow, in the end, when I was, uh, I, I thought that this, this earth is no good for me, then I went to Sheikh Ibn Baz, rahimahullah ta'ala, and I said to him that uh, now I'm fed up uh, with this place, so can you transfer me to any other place? So he gave me the choice at once, huh? Britain, America, or your country, Pakistan. So, like you, I was fond of Britain at that time. I said, let me go there. Huh? They are very big, good brothers there, so I will have good dawah. Anyhow, I, I must be very true to you. I was uh, interested in doing further studies, so this is why I, I wanted to come to Britain. Anyhow, so he transferred me to, to Britain, to London. Now these people of Bidah, they wanted to, to show me their vicious face even in the last days of my departure. Or they wanted to let me taste anything very bitter at that time when I was leaving. So what happened that before I left I saw this dream that I am with my family in my car and we drove. And then, oh, there was a great, big, fabulous python on our way. I was frightened. Then I said, no, let me drive upon it. So I drove, and it was crushed into pieces. So I said, oh, there is something is going to happen to me, but inshallah, it will be all right in the end. And this is what happened. This is what happened when I was boarding the plane to from Nairobi to Jeddah, and later from Jeddah to, to London, these people, they came even to the airport. And uh, they pointed to immigrations to search me completely. In those days, nobody was searched. His luggage was searched when he was leaving. But my luggage was searched completely. Why? They said that uh, he must be taking some Kenyan shillings with him. A lot of Kenyan shillings, maybe in thousands. There was not even uh, a single shilling. All right. They, when they did not find anything, they said, uh, where is your Kenyan identity card? And alhamdulillah, I got it in my pocket. I said, this is here. Huh? Then they got uh, nothing to object me, so they let me go. So I boarded the plane. Then this uh, Raisul Fitna, a person who was uh, after me, even he came to the plane pointing some people of uh, the local police or local uh, authorities pointing towards me that look at this person. Oh, he's sitting there. Huh? So, so they wanted uh, to, to even harass me at that last moment. But I knew that as long as I, now I'm in the plane, they can't do anything because this is now a foreign territory. This is PIA. Huh? 
<laughs> and uh, when uh, the plane flew, I said, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, I have come out. So, uh, uh, brothers, I just uh, remembered uh, this incident that Allah SWT shows you sometime through the dreams what is going to happen to you. And uh, it is always uh, a sign language. And uh, Alhamdulillah, this is how sometime you got more satisfaction. Uh, we are discussing that sometimes your dreams are the reflection of your day-to-day -day life. Whatever you see in your dream, that is the reflection of your day-to-day -day life. Believe me, if you are a very good player of soccer, and you are always playing soccer even at the time of the prayer, ah, you would be making so many goals when you are at, on your bed, ah, sleeping, goal after goal. The daytime you got no goal at all. But now, ah, in the same way, if you are a good singer, if you are a good singer, inshallah, you would be dancing with singing as well on your bed. Uh, the problem is with your wife, if you've got a wife, for example. You're going to hit her. So that is a reflection of your day-to-day -day life. And in the same way, if you are a good businessman, ah, during your sleep, you will have more sales. More sales, uh, inshallah. For, this is a good, uh, good news for, for people in the business. If their business is not flourishing, it will flourish in your, in your sleep. So, the same way in, in Qabr or in after deaths, there would be a reflection of your whole life. If you have known Allah SWT with His attributes and uh, you have been invoking His name only in your prayer, you are always saying in your prayer, Ya Allah, Ya Rahman, Ya, Rahman, ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Ya Ghafoor, Ya Qadir. Then, only then, you would be able to say, Rabbi Allah, my Rabb is Allah. This is not for those people who say, Oh, Abdul Qadir Jilani, help me. Huh? Ya Abdul Qadir Jilani, imdad kun, imdad kun, imdad kun. No, if you have been saying this word in your life, you are not asking the name of Allah SWT, you are not invoking the name of Allah SWT. How could Allah SWT is going to help you? People don't understand this thing. Our people, I will say these people are so stupid, they don't know that Allah SWT is nearer to them than any other sheikh and any other peer. Just invoke the name of Allah SWT and He is going to help you. So this is only for those people who knew Allah SWT by His attributes. They would be able to say, La ilaha illallah. Rabbi Allah, my Rabb is Allah. In the same way, those people who have practiced Islam, and what is Islam? Buna al-Islam wa la khamsin shahadati an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah wa iqam al-salah wa ita'i al-zakah wa sawmi Ramadan wa hajj al-bayt. This is Islam. If you have done this Islam, if you have known this Islam, this Islam means five times a day. The prayer is five times a day. Not four times. Not three times, not two times according to your office time, one before office, one after the office. No, there is nothing like this. If you are praying two times a day or three times a day, you are filing your nafs. Your prayer is for your nafs, not for Allah SWT. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted from you five times prayer. Remember this thing. Anyhow, if you have practiced Islam, then you would be able to say, Deeni al-Islam, my deen is Islam. And if you have known Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with all his sunnah, you have been practicing his sunnah in your life, you were not rejecting his sunnah at all, then you would be able to say, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And once you pass this trial, these angels are going to turn your grave into a piece of paradise. This is widened, 70 meter widened, maddul basar, as far as your sight can see. This is what is going to happen to that grave. To the people above the land, it is just a grave, it is a ditch. For you, it is a palace. And then it would be said, Nam kanaumatil arus. Sleep just like a bride. Just like a bride. Who is going to wake her up? The most beloved one to her. This is what it means. It does not mean make a urs. So people have taken the word urs from it. Huh? Then let have a urs. Any anniversary of our sheikh. They have taken this word from arus. On the other hand, in the same hadith of Al-Bara ibn Azib, if the person was a kafir, or if, if he was a sinner, then these two angels who, who sit just in front of him, they are with very frightening faces. They got a piece of cloth, but smelling very badly. And then the death angel comes, and he says, bring your soul, bring your souls. And then the souls is taken or it is snatched. It is snatched from each and every part of his body. And the example is given. If uh, there is some iron spit which is thrown into some cotton and you can imagine how tiny is this iron spit and if somebody is, is trying to take away, to take out this iron spit how he is going to do it, how he has to snatch it, separate it from the cotton. In that way, his soul is to be taken away from the body of that person. And then, as soon as the soul comes out, it was taken by these two frightening angels, and they would not be allowed to enter into the heaven. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would say to that soul, return it to a great prison which is known as Sijin. A Sijin, the word coming from Sijin, which is a prison. Inna kitab al-fujjar, kalla inna kitab al-fujjar ila fi Sijin, wa ma adraka ma Sijin, kitabun markum, wailun yawma izin lil-mukathibin. Why do we say that this person would remain in Sijin after the question? Because if your record, your record is kept where you are. When a prisoner is brought to a prison, his record is brought with him as well. So if the record is kept in Sijin, it means that the man would, would be kept there. Again, just like the first person, the soul is restored in the body for the questioning. 
the same three questions. But because he did not know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his life, he did not practice Islam, he did not follow the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad al-Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would not be able to answer these questions. He would just say, ha ha, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say. And this is where the torturer of the grave would start. This grave is going to squeeze him. And that squeezing qabr is such a terrible thing that as in the hadith of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha that even a person like Saad ibn Mu'az about whom the hadith says ihtazza lahu arshur rahman on his death the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was shaken. That person's soul which was greeted by so many thousands of angels. She said, if any person was relieved from this squeezing, Saad ibn Mu'az could have been released, but he was not released. He was not relieved from that. And this is why the Prophet has taught us to seek refuge from the torture of the, gra- of the grave. Allahumma inni a'udhu baka min adhab al-qabr. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I ask your shelter from the torture of the grave. And we know that hadith, when Prophet sallallahu passed by two graves, and then he said that these two persons in these graves are being persecuted, are being tortured. Not in a major sin. Major sin is like shirk billah. No, they did not uh, commit shirk billah. It was something tiny than that, minor than that. One of them who was uh, creating fitna among the people by reporting one person to the other, which is known as a namima, and the other who did not uh, take care when he was urinating. And the drops of his urine fall on his clothes or on his body. These, because of these two si- uh, tiny sins, he was tortured. Let alone if the sins are greater than that. And then Prophet ﷺ did something which is known as his intercession, shafa'a. He took two branches and then he planted them on these two graves and he said, May Allah relieve them from this torture as long as they are fresh. It does not mean that you start doing the same thing. And the grave, no, this is the shafa'a, that is the supplication of the Prophet ﷺ. That is only for the Prophet ﷺ and no one else. There is uh, one thing uh, very good about the sleep that in sleep uh, there is no feeling of time and space at all. You are beyond time of space in your sleep. But now we are not in sleep, so we have to abide by the time. Eh? This is the time's up now. So this is why it is said that uh, when uh, the dreams are given interpretation, you can divide the whole night into your lifetime. So if you have seen a dream right in the beginning of the night, it may come true after 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. 
as was the dream of Sayyidina Yaqub about his son Yusuf. Because he met him after a long time, maybe 25 years' time. And if you see a dream just at dawn, before Fajr, it is going to happen very soon. This is what it means. So anyhow, uh, as we are not in sleep, so this is why we have to come to the un- end of uh, this speech. Though so many things uh, I wanted to say, I was not able to say that. But I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I did not say that, because whatever you say, you are responsible for that. You would be questions on the Day of Judgment for every utterance, everything you say. So, whatever I say, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to benefit me, to benefit you. رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ وَطُبْ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ صلى الله تعالى على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Okay, some uh, brief important announcements is for your benefit, so please do try to remain seated. Um, after Maghrib and dinner, di- Maghrib is going to be at quarter past eight. We should all go to the dining hall straight away because the food is ready. Uh, the next program is going to be at um, as close to nine o'clock as possible, inshallah, thereafter. Sheikh Suhaib and Sheikh, Ab- uh, Sheikh Jafar Idris will be taking the session at nine o'clock on rebuilding society in light of revelation. But there's a slight change of program for the final seminar. Uh, basically, the Sheikh Anwar Awlaki, who was doing the Sira seminar in this building, Villiers Hall, uh, had done his final one actually in the third session. So Sheikh Suhaib, uh, Sheikh Abdullah ibn Khunayn, who's a Qadi from Riyadh, uh, one of the, from Riyadh, as well as Sheikh Wazil Ghazawi and Ayat Tamimi, will be having an, uh, not having, he'll be doing an open, they'll be doing an open uh, session of questions and answers as a panel, inshallah, just for the brothers. So anyway, di- uh, lunch, uh, dinner and prayers from 7 to 9, and 9 o'clock we are back again, inshallah. So they, these answers are not needed. Huh? We'll do it at the huh? Q&A session. Ah. I know that. I, I visited after 20 years. After I left. Two years ago. And I was surprised. I was surprised.